Hey. Hi. Here's your reminder that you are worthy and capable exactly as you are in this moment. Really? There's nothing wrong with the core of you and who you are. I think you're right. If you want to be a hot girl, then you are a hot girl. I am? If you want to do Pilates, you can do Pilates. Yes, I can. And never let anyone tell you any differently. I won't. Let's start the show. Let's go. Hey, bad bees. I hope you're doing amazing. And I want to start off with a little life update. This class, this class, <laughs> this podcast is going to be called Curly Girl Chronicles. We're talking about what it was like growing up with curly hair, some, you know, difficult experiences I've had around it, and my journey and growth in my self-love and acceptance of this amazing hair texture and type. So a little life update because I shared this on Instagram and I know that this message resonated with so many people. So yesterday, late in the evening, I had my catalytic converter stolen from my Prius. This is something that happens to Prius pretty frequently. This particular part is very easy to steal and because they are so hard to find, they can go for a lot of money um, on the black market. So a lot of folks are experiencing this and it is really a problem in the last few months. You may have heard of this. So it had happened a few months ago to my neighbor and he had warned me, be careful of your Prius. His was a Toyota truck, but they still did the same thing right next to my car. So I had a feeling this could happen to me. And you're probably wondering, all right, Ruth, how does this relate to Pilates though? <laughs> and I promise I'm getting to my point. So my neighbor had warned me and I could have done a couple things. Number one, I could have thought, oh, whatever. It probably won't affect me. I'm just going to not deal with that because it's too stressful. Two, I could have said, okay, yeah, I'm going to do something about that later, taking no action. But I decided to take action. Right away, I double-checked my insurance. I have USAA, which is amazing. Thank you to my mom who served in the military. So I get to have this incredible insurance and I made sure I'd be covered if that were to happen and that I'd have a rental car if my car was in the shop because I knew that this could take a very long time to get this particular part. So it did happen. Late at night, it was like three in the morning and my dog Valentino actually woke up at that hour and he <laughs> woke me up by just coming close to my face. I actually screamed. I was kind of scared. Um, but I think he was more scared than anything. He seemed so unsettled. We had no idea why. Made a lot more sense the next day. <laughs> so I had to go through all the steps and make sure that my claim was filed. I made a police report and it just was a whole process. However, because I had this plan in, pra- in place, I had a peace of mind and reassurance that it was going to be okay. I had prepared and I had taken action and prepared. So I consider this so similar to our practice. In our life, we are guaranteed to deal with these uncertain, chaotic circumstances. They are guaranteed to happen. But the best thing we can do is prepare ourselves. Remember, your body is anti-fragile. 
And the more you work, the more you put yourself through physically, intentionally on the mat, the stronger you become as a result. And that's going to make it a lot more seamless for you when these chaotic, uncertain things happen in your life that could be physical or mental. And it's just going to guarantee that you've set yourself up for the path of least resistance when it comes to your healing. So I almost consider my Pilates practice like insurance for my body, right? (laughs) And I just hope that message resonates with you. And maybe you can think of a time where something similar happened to you and how much better you felt when you were prepared. So we can't tell ourselves, oh, I can wait till next week or, oh, that's not going to affect me. We have to show up for ourselves, be consistent, get on that mat for you, be selfish in the pursuit of your own physical and mental strength. You're worth it and you deserve it. Okay, on to the topic of this episode. So I have curly hair. I think on the curly scale, it's like a 3B, 3C. If you're a fellow curly girl, you know what that means. But I was the only girl in my family with my hair texture. So my curls come from my dad. And my mom has actually pretty fine, straight hair. So it was really um, just me being the only girl with my hair type was pretty challenging. My mom's side of the family all lived close by. So I had cousins and stuff my age, but no one with my hair texture. I also have brothers and a sister who all have like some waves and some curls, but mine is definitely the curliest. And as a result of my mom not really knowing how to do my hair and just feeling kind of like no one really knew what to do with my hair, we just kept it short throughout my childhood. That really didn't bother me. I actually was so free from my own personal image as a child. I feel so lucky for that because I really didn't know that I that. I had a look that um, maybe was different. It it did not cross my mind, thankfully. You know, we lived in a, a super small town before I went to school. Now, when I first went to school, so I'm talking like as a kid before preschool, I really was just living my best life, short hair. My mom would put some of those like little hair ties in my hair to those baubles, <laughs> just to like dress it up. I also remember my grandmother, bless her, I love you so much, Mima, she's still around, she's 91, she's badass, but she used to comb my hair with a wide tooth comb, and I just remember it being so painful, like, (laughs) I'm really grateful that, you know, she tried to take care of my hair, but the reality was no one knew how to take care of my hair, no one, so... Anyways, I I end up going to school, I've got my short hair, and I'm starting to realize um, that it looks different than everyone else. However, one day, I'm on the playground, and I see someone with the same hair as me. Short hair, short curly hair, in the same class, and we end up becoming buddies. We're playing around, we're hanging out, we're not talking about our hair, we're just connecting uh, and having fun. And I remember people were playing Foursquare. So I think we get in line for Foursquare. I'm standing next to this fellow Curly, and we're chatting and laughing, and someone comes right up to us and says to me, 
to the person I'm talking to. You, you do know she's a girl, right? And I was like shocked. I mean, I truly was, I think that was the first moment I felt insecure in my entire life because the person I was talking to was a boy and apparently he thought I was a boy too. Um, and then I just felt so embarrassed (laughs) and we didn't talk for years after that. Um, but I guess I just realized like, oh, this short hair, like this is really, um, something people are going to misunderstand me for, or, you know, it just felt really self-conscious, like at a young age. So moving on, as I started to grow up and maybe trying to remember my age, like probably around 10 years old, my hair had grown out and I was just slicking it back into a bun. I was using gel. I was just slicking it back into a nice bun on the back of my head. And I think I'm like, yeah, maybe around 10. And my aunt, Aunt Amy, I love you. She asked me to be a flower girl in her wedding. I was so honored, y'all. I was like over the moon, so excited. And I'm realizing like, oh, I should probably do my hair. I remember we're in a hotel with my dad. And he's like, okay, let's like take out this bun and we'll figure this out. What you want to do with your hair? Because this is like a fancy occasion. So we take out the hair tie that's in my bun and my hair doesn't move. Okay. (laughs) It was completely matted. My hair was in that bun. There was like maybe three huge mats um, in my bun right? Because I was just constantly brushing it back into this bun and, you know, neglecting my hair because I had no clue what to do with it. And I just remember my dad like trying to cut out the mats and he was using like those manicure scissors. It was all we had, like tiny scissors. I just had to cut all my hair off essentially. And gosh, I remember that day so well. (laughs) And then I had to be a flower girl and I definitely was like, okay, gotta work with this. (laughs) And my hair was short again. And yeah, it was tough. Um, So I just have these like certain memories. And if you're a fellow curly, I'm sure you can relate to some of these. So after I had to have my hair cut out, I was realizing like I need to take, do something different with my hair. So once it kind of grew out again, this um, was sort of the peak of the chi hair straighteners. I did not have a hair straightener. I actually had this one, not a chi, I had this steam hair straightener that my mom had gotten me. Um, And it was an interesting (laughs) technology. Does anyone remember these? It had like a button that would release water. You had to fill it up with water. Anyways, I, I was glad to have it because Whenever I would go to get my hair cut, and I remember my first haircut, I went to this like pretty fancy place where I grew up in Lenox, Massachusetts. And I remember going in and I I tell the hairstylist, the hair artist, that I wanted my hair cut like Kira Knightley. (laughs) Y'all, the way this hairstylist looked at me, she was like, well, you don't have the same hair type as Kira Knightley. And I was just like, oh so like I I really couldn't understand so what they ended up doing was cutting my hair and then like giving me a blowout which 
I felt so cute. I had like kind of shoulder length blowout. And that's when I sort of became obsessed with straight hair. So my mom had gotten me a straightener and I would make sure my hair was straight at all times. I mean, this was a full, like a part-time job when you're in school. I would have to wake up so early and start straightening my hair. I even have this one memory of like before I went to CCD, we had to go to CCD um, and it was like this after school program on Sunday nights uh, or I guess like weekend program. And I remember being so stressed out that my hair didn't look good. And I was like in my tiny bathroom trying to straighten my hair and I'm sweating and I just can't get my hair right. And I'm like, I I feel like I was on the verge of a panic attack because I just couldn't get my hair to look right. So there's just so much insecurity around my hair. Now, sometimes I would try to wear my hair curly. And I remember we had this event at school for the art class where the underclassmen would be essentially be the models for the upperclassmen. It was sort of a fancy day. Like the upperclassmen would do your makeup. They would do your hair for you. Um, it was sort of a day that like you were meant to feel really beautiful um, and done up. So I'm like, well, I, I remember having a little bit of a back and forth in my mind. Should I go with my hair curly? Should I try to straighten it? But I decided to go curly. And the upperclassman who, you know, was assigned to do my hair and makeup, I remember them being a little like flabbergasted about what to do. I definitely was in the minority at my school with my hair texture. Like, I I just think, bless her heart, I think she did the best that she could, but she definitely didn't know what to do. So she just started brushing my hair out, okay? And I remember ending up with like three people around me trying to brush out my hair into like basically a big afro. And I just remember people saying, oh, it looks really good. Like, I still don't know to this day if they were just trying to make me feel better. Um, But I end up doing this modeling with like my hair just completely brushed out. Um, And I just was like, I was kind of devastated because for some reason I had in my head, like everyone else was getting their hair styled into like these beautiful, sleek styles. And I just was like, that is never going to be me. I can't do that, I guess, you know? And it just was, my hair was really, it was a challenge for anyone who I sat in front of who had to style my hair. And that became sort of a fear of mine going into any kind of you know, modeling or hair type of situation where everyone was getting their hair done. I always felt like I was sticking out like a sore thumb and it just was really hard for me to push through. So I ended up just leaning into straining my hair, straining, straining. I got myself a pair. I got myself the chi. Okay. I got myself the chi flat iron and I always got compliments when I straightened my hair. I never received compliments when my hair was curly. I think I would experiment a couple times with some curly styles, but I just never got that positive reinforcement like I did when my hair was straight. So I went through a period where no one knew my hair was curly. I didn't want anyone to know my hair was curly. I could not get it wet. I had to put on like every serum so that if it was raining, it wouldn't get frizzy, but of course it would. And... (laughs) It just was a lot. It sort of felt like 
I was trying to keep up this mask, you know, and hide this piece of my identity that I didn't want anyone to know about. And I think that ended up really impacting my self-esteem for a long time. Enter the Curly Girl Handbook by Lorraine Massey. I remember, I think I was watching YouTube, and I think I had seen someone do a curly hair routine, and I actually thought she looked beautiful. And she recommended this book, Curly Girl Handbook by Lorraine Massey, who was at one time, you know, the CEO of Diva Curl, Diva Sean Salon and Diva Curl Products. So I get myself this book and I commit to studying it. And I just decide, like, I am going to embrace my hair because I cannot keep up this charade. I believe at this time I probably was... um entering college. So I think it was like my first year of college that I was really like committed to accepting my curls. Now, mind you, I was still straightening my front pieces, you know, like my face framing pieces. (laughs) Um, And my hair was pretty damaged from all the straightening. I remember I could like slide my fingers down my hair and just like my ends would just like fall off. (laughs) It was pretty bad. So I did know it was time for a change. Okay, so I get myself my big Diva Curl products and I start just committing to this. I'm like, I am going to make my hair look good. It was so much trial and error, y'all. It really was a push. Um, But I was like, I can do this. Like, I'm going to embrace my curls. And I still would come up onto moments where I, I would try to be embracing my natural hair and I would go... At one point, I had to be a bridesmaid. It was my first time being a bridesmaid. And I was rocking my natural hair, loving it. I sit down to get my updo, like everyone else, except I was the only one with curly hair. And I remember the hairstylist just being like, I don't know if we can do what I was planning. And I was just thinking, okay. And... We end up doing just an updo, like a slick back bun. Um, It looked good, but it it just felt really uncomfortable. And anytime I would go to get like my hair styled at a regular salon, and this is why I don't go to regular salons anymore. I remember so many times just sitting in that chair and the person going, "Ah, clear my schedule. This is going to take a long time like that. Or just kind of complaining like, as they would wash my hair, saying like, wow, the curls just keep coming. <laughs> like, I remember these things so well. And I don't think anyone meant to hurt my feelings. But it just really sticks with you when you feel like you're um, sort of a burden or that someone just can't be bothered. It's just like, okay. <laughs> so I end up starting to go to specifically curly hair stylists people who specialize in curly hair and just trying to really learn my hair and treat it like a cashmere sweater and really embrace it. And now like I haven't straightened my hair in years. I really just can't be bothered even though my hair is challenging. And if you have curly hair, you know that is the case, right? Like 
every time I wash my hair, it looks a little different. But I think that's part of what makes it kind of fun, unique, different, and I'm just, I'm, I'm really feeling grateful for my natural hair right now. And I think all of the uncomfortable moments, all of the embarrassing moments, and even some of the trauma around my hair, my hair texture, did make me a really strong person. I don't always like to say that because I think some of the trauma we go through, like we don't get through it because it made us stronger. We just are strong. (laughs) That's how we got through it. Um, But in this case, I really think it taught me, first of all, that people are really judgmental. (laughs) Like they kind of judge things when they see them. And it made me really want to be the opposite. So in my life, I try to be like, I, I honestly don't even try to be, I just naturally do not care about those things that other people might judge someone for. I truly don't. (laughs) And it's just what comes natural to me, I guess, because I've felt so judged in my life. I'm not sure exactly. Um, but I just, I don't like judging people. So I think that just my experience with this, it taught me that there's going to be some adversity in life that you have to overcome. There's going to be embarrassing moments. Um, you know, and that it's going to be a fight to to the journey of self-love, to that journey. And I don't think it's a destination. I think it's a constant journey and it's constant work. And I'm certainly still working with my hair and trying to, you know, let it be its best self and shine through. So just to finish and like move on to another segment here, I want to talk about some of my trials with products, products I like, techniques that I use and that work really well for me um, in case they can help anyone else out here. So for me, I would say my number one hair problem at the moment is um, just my hair getting really tangly and tangled up. And, um, I guess dealing with some kind of like frizz and like a lack of volume around the crown area. So I kind of tell you that just so you understand like what my, um, intentions are with my products. I also think it, there's what Lorraine Massey called in her book, the halo. There's always going to be like a halo around your head when you have curls because you're constantly growing new hair and it's not going to lay flat. You know, it's not going to lay flat like someone with a different texture would. It's going to just be growing out into the atmosphere. (laughs) So I kind of accept that and I love that. And I, I really don't mind a little bit of frizz. Another thing I've had to accept is that like romantic partners, they're not going to be able to run their fingers through my hair. I used to think like, maybe if I could just get my hair healthy enough, you'd be able to run your fingers through it. Nope. That's not how curly hair works. And it's just not how it works. Like if you have my texture hair or anything tighter, you're not going to run your fingers through it. It's okay. Like it's just different. (laughs) and the right person is going to absolutely love your hair just as it is. 
So at the time when Diva Curl was super popular, it was the kind of anti-sulfate, anti-silicone era, I would say. And there were some downsides to this because as soon as we stopped, uh, you know, as a community, as a curly community <laughs> using sulfates, we actually started to build up a lot of um, product buildup in our hair that ended up you know, causing some serious issues for some curly girls out there and curly people. And that's why there was actually a lawsuit. I mean, it's not the only reason why, but there was a lawsuit against Diva Curl for hair loss. A lot of people experienced hair loss. And I think some, um, you know, estimations have been made that it was due to too much product buildup on the scalp, not letting new hair come in and allowing old hair to fall out. And that can happen when you just aren't thoroughly washing your hair. So I can only speak from my experience, but because I tend to sweat a lot, I'm a, you know, I'm a fitness instructor by career. <laughs> and if I record a hard glass, I'm going to be sweating. So if that's the case for you, you do need to wash your hair and clean your scalp to avoid, you know, all kinds of conditions. I have seborrheic dermatitis on my scalp. I always have and dandruff. So I'm kind of battling a couple things on my scalp. So I can't use sulfate-free shampoos, but what I can do is use gentle shampoos and focus on really working it in with my fingers. So getting a lot of uh, friction so that the dirt and oil breaks up. You want to always make sure not to use your fingernails, of course, the pads of your fingers. And I remember um, one of the things Lorraine Massey wrote in her book was about the shampooing technique, was to start around the back of your head and then move forward to the top, since the top of your head is typically the driest part anyways. And then what I do is I'll just focus the shampoo around my scalp. I do not shampoo the lengths of my hair intentionally. What I do is I just put my head under the shower and let the shampoo kind of uh, wash down the hair shaft on its own um, so that I, I'm not overly drying out my hair. Now let's talk about silicones because they can be a curly's best friend. Why? They provide amazing slip they provide a great shine to your hair. They make it easier to detangle your hair the next time you wash it if you use a leave-in, for instance. The problem with silicone is that it's a plastic coating over your hair. If you don't remove it properly, you will have product buildup. It also will leave a barrier, a hydrophilic barrier, around the hair shaft that water cannot go through. So that's going to prevent your hair from getting water. And water is the most moisturizing ingredient you can put on your hair. <laughs> so you can use silicones and if they work great for you, do it. I'm going to tell you my experience, you know, recently with a product called Aussie Moist, which I loved because it was really helping me detangle my hair and get through it. And I could just use a little bit as a leave-in as well. And that was all I'd put in my hair. My hair looked good. So easy, right? But over, you know, a period of months, I think I went through like three big bottles of the Aussie Moist with the big pump, the purple one. 
before my hair started to have like some downsides, some side effects where it was so dry and tangly. So it would look great with the product in, but as soon as the product was out of it, it was in worse condition than it was before I started using the product. So I recently decided to ditch the silicone conditioner and start working with some new products. Right now I'm using InnerSense. I'm experimenting and it's definitely a lot of experimentation. (laughs) I'm trying to figure out what works best for me and my hair. But so far I am noticing that my hair is less tangly and even when it is tangly, it's not as hard to detangle. The downside is I have to use a few products. So I'm using the Sweet Spritz Leave-In and then I'm putting like a cream on top of that. Um, And I also have to like continually spray my hair with water. This is a curly girl handbook technique too to have your hair really soaking wet as you add these products. And if you use InnerSense products because they're a highly concentrated formula, you need to use a lot of water. Um, to get them to really spread evenly throughout your hair. So it's kind of a process, but I'm able to get more time in between washes. With my Aussie Moist, I was getting to a point where I had to redo my hair constantly. Like it would only look good for one day and then I already had to like restyle it entirely again. And what I'm loving about the InnerSense products is I can just spritz my hair with water and it will look fresh. I can do a little bit of touch-ups with the silk, the, um, it's called the whipped cream texturizer and it looks good. So I'm experimenting with that. I'm loving it. And I also just randomly one day decided to cut my bangs. (laughs) I had seen it on a few other people. I was so inspired. I thought it looked good. I wasn't sure if I could do it myself, but one day I just got the confidence. You know how they say, like, if you cut your bangs, you're going through it, like you're going through a hard time mentally. And maybe that was the case for me. (laughs) It didn't feel like it, Um, but it was like sort of toward the beginning of the year, which was kind of a hard time for me. But I didn't feel, you know, unhinged or anything. But I separated a small section from the front. From what I could find in my research, these curlier your hair is, the smaller the section you want to use. And I just started trimming away. You know, I start with a little bit, cut a little bit more. Um, And I was so happy with the results. And I got just so many compliments. And I got to tell you, it's like healing my inner teen to get compliments on my curly hair. I just never, ever thought that could happen after receiving, you know, just so so much negative experience around my natural hair. So thank you to everyone who compliments uh, my natural hair. You know, it really means a lot. And if you've listened this far and you don't have curly hair, like honestly, shout out, you're a real one. But if you see someone with curly hair that you think is beautiful, tell them. I guarantee you it's going to make their day. It feels so good to be acknowledged on something that actually does require a lot of work. It's just a reality that when you have kinkier hair texture, you're going to have to put in more work. I think as a result, it's also so special and unique and beautiful. Um, So compliment the next curly person you see, and I'm sure it will go a really long way. Um, But my new bangs have been like, every single time I wash my hair and restyle, they look different. And I just think that's like kind of cool. Like every day is different, you know? 
We can't try to replicate something from the past. Every single day is new. Every day is fresh. And I feel really honored to have my dad's hair. I feel honored to have the hair of my ancestors. All the features that we think that we maybe have been insecure about in the past came from our ancestors who went through such hardship and hard times to us having this life here now. And I think it's beautiful um, that we carry those features on. So yay for curly hair. Curly's out there. I see you. I'm with you. And keep taking care of your hair. Be really gentle with it. Massage it. You know, massage the cuticle. (laughs) Be so gentle. Try not to brush it too rough. Take your time. Have some patience. And I'm sure you will end up loving your hair too. The more you love it, the more love it will show you back. And I hope you just embrace yourself and know that you're beautiful exactly as you are in this moment. Don't forget to stand so tall and proud. I can't wait to talk to you in the next one. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I would love to connect with you on social media, on Instagram or TikTok. You can find me at Ruth Pilates Studio, all one word. If you'd like to try out any of my classes, on-demand programs, and challenges, and join this community of bad bees across the globe, you can sign up today for a seven-day free trial. Just check out the show notes for the details. And lastly, remember to stand so tall and proud. Can't wait to talk to you next.